0: Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews.
1: Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. We're packing and prepping and reading and mapping for our big trip to the UK. So this week is going to be a world record on the short side for my podcast intro. Stop cheering, everyone. You'll give me a complex. Okay, maybe another complex. Anyway. Today, our interview is on a critter straight out of the usually chilly but at this moment rather balmy regions of the northern side of Scotland, not far from the ancestral home of James Bond, a.k.a. Skyfall. We've covered them before, but in this conversation, I learned a few new things about the glorious beasts known as the Scottish Highland Cattle and how they're impacted in an unexpected way by social media platforms these days. The hard fact is that they're spending too much time on their cell phones when they're out in the field and not enough time on grazing, so they're all getting too skinny. Okay, so that's not true, but I did learn something new about the effects of social media on this breed. Listen up, and you'll find out. Now, here we go. Ready to meet the guests? In honor of our Britain trip, this week we're bringing you a conversation from back in January from what was the then-chilly grounds of the 2023 National Western Stock Show. Sometimes Denver's a little bit warmer in January, but this was not one of those years. Snow and cold galore. We met up with Audra Sailor hall right before the Highland Cattle Show, and she and her hubby were busy in the cattle stalls washing and combing, prepping and polishing, and all the rest of the things one does to a bovine right before the show starts. That's a lot of work, but truly one of my favorite things about the Highland Cattle is that they look their most magnificent when au naturel. The shaggy hair blowing in the barn fans that day was mesmerizing. Audra and her hubby don't do the clipping thing much at all with their Highlands, which makes these owners a little bit unusual in today's show circuit. In case you're not aware of it, there's a newer trend impacting Highlands a bit. And sometimes the natural look has a cost in the ring, because the beef judges seem to like that fully shaved look. That means the often shaved and highly quaffed blue ribbon winners start to drive the market, no matter which species or breed you're talking about. It makes me kind of sad to walk the stalls of the cattle barn these days and see most of those glorious Scottish beasts with most of their crowning glory in a pile on the floor, being prepped for the show ring. Much as I understand the why, I can't help but feel that the glory is a bit lost sometimes without all of that. Okay. On the happier side, we heard those glorious bagpipes at the National Western this year with that wonderful annual performance that happens right before the Highland Sale starts up. In a few weeks, we're going to hear those stirring sounds again at the Military Tattoo set on the front steps of Edinburgh Castle. And that is one of my bucket list items, by the way. This performance is a teeny bit bigger in production than Denver's, but... In both circumstances, when I see those tartans and I hear those bagpipes, my heart pounds and my spirit rises and my soul stirs, and I feel the urge to charge into battle no matter what I'm fighting in life. I also feel the urge to yell, There can be only one! Or sometimes, Freedom! While I do it, but you knew that, right? No matter what you shout as you charge ahead, it's a joy to celebrate the call of history and our heritage no matter what or where or when. This holds true even if it's your hubby who actually has the feisty Scotch blood. This upcoming trip will be one of our biggest agricultural adventures yet. And we hope you follow us for more about the glories of Britain and British breeds and fibers and food and culture on our Backyard Green Film social media accounts. Just remember to keep grazing while you do it or you're gonna end up too skinny like the highland cattle did. Here's Audra Hall from Clearwater Spring Highlands in Brighton, Colorado. I'm Audra Saylor
2: Hall with Clearwater Spring Highlands in Colorado.
1: Okay, now this gorgeous beast that we're looking at here is a very fluffy, fluffy highland. Tell me about your your ranch. And tell me what you do. Okay, well, we have, we
2: raise purebred Highland cattle. We've been doing this for 20 years. Been showing down here at the stock Show for 20 years. And so right now what Shane is doing, this is Rita. She is about seven and a half months pregnant. (laughs) So we'll see how she does in the show ring. She's like very not having this. (laughs) But right now what Shane is, this is my husband Shane Hall. He's just getting her ready for show, getting the shavings out of her hair, fluffing her up a little bit. We keep it to more of a more traditional kind of look of a highland rather than a fitted highland. Um, well, just we were, because we don't really know how to fit and stuff like that, we're not against it or not for it. You know, we like the natural highland, but we
1: understand the, how things change. Well, one of the beautiful things, I, I, when I stopped past this booth earlier, the fans were going on the cattle because obviously they're used to being outside. The fans were going and the the breeze was blowing against this gorgeous fur and it was it it was just beautiful. It's almost poetic watching the fur move in the breeze. Yeah, yeah. It, and when I say fur, it's hair, obviously, but it looks like fur, doesn't it? Yeah, it's fur and hair, I guess you could say. <laughs> so what is what would you consider her fur? Hair color? Is she a fawn? She's done. She's done, and yeah. that's that beautiful darker undershade to her, yeah. to her coat with yeah. the blonde on top. Does da, da, obviously they come in the red? And what is is that what you would call it? A red? Yes. So red and black are the original Highland colors. Yes.
2: From the from Scotland, they had two islands. One had red Highlands. One had black Highlands. I did not know that. Yes. Interesting. So in particular, right now we're using a herd sire that's what's called a silver. He's white with a black nose and black feet, and so he throws all colors. I bet he's gorgeous. Yeah, he's and actually he is 13 years old. He'll be 13 in March, and doesn't miss a single female. Wow, you're keeping that one till he drops, huh? Well, he's and he's a gentle giant. He's huge, and you know because in the Highland breed their horns continue to grow as they age. And so him being 13 has a nice set of horns, and, and, and like I said, he hasn't missed a single female, which a lot of times as the bulls age, their you know, fertility goes down. Yeah, and it's the same way with all of us. Like right, I guess, huh? exactly, exactly.
1: So tell, for people that don't know about Highlands, tell me a little bit about the characteristics. They're, they obviously are horned male and female. Right, and they are, um,
2: the breed itself is docile. Uh, we do every once in a while get a diva or something like that. So um, breeders out there if you're just looking for a pet or something like that, I would highly recommend a steer because they don't have the hormones running through and they're, and, and steers are very can be very lovable. Where a female, you know she's, she's for breeding and she's going to protect her calf and do whatever. We have a lot of new breeders that get into it and they just want pets they're not even real breeders, they're just pets, and they um, think they want a female, I would highly recommend a steer.
1: But is that one of the things that makes them great for a family cow or a cow for a small rancher that doesn't want a lot of work in their animal? Because if she's protective of her calf, you don't have to do it for her.
2: And, And I can tell you about the Highland breed that we've been breeding them for 20 years, and we've only had to assist a handful of times. So that's what's great
1: about this breed is that they are very hands-off. So great, easy calving then. I, I had heard somewhere from one of the members that they can drop in the middle of winter. It's not great for them, but they'll still oh, be yeah. there in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so their horns are male and female, and that black tip on the end of the horn is just, that's just a, a gorgeous look. Yeah.
2: I don't. I don't know enough. To, I don't know what causes that because not all of them have the black tips.
1: Well, they're all in different shades. So you also have a. a you have the black and the red, and the and the dun. You said. So and there's yellow.
2: There's white and silver. Okay.
1: I've seen the. Are they fawn? Is that like the white? Would be considered the white. Um, white is like white white. I mean, you
2: can see around here. And then you have a yellow, which is like in between. He's almost like a yellow. It's a, like a light red in between a, a red and a white.
1: This is just such a gorgeous look. Now, these, like, like you mentioned before, these are beef cattle. And they're, yes. and they're stockier. They're lower to the ground and kind of a box of your body, right? Or yeah. No? Well,
2: some are lower to the ground. I mean, it's just, it's just in the breed. Some of them, I, I kind of like them a little bit taller, you know. But like their original Scottish, the breeds in the Scotland, they adapt to where they're at. In Scotland, they needed short legs to climb the hills and whatnot. You know, where in you know other areas they you know to compete in shows and stuff. You want them to be a little taller, a little longer loined. I prefer a longer loined animal. You get more meat because I have a meat business as well as a
1: um, selling breeding stock. So you said you're in Brighton, Colorado? Yes. Okay. I mean, looking at your sign, Clearwater Spring Highlands in Brighton, Colorado, they are beautiful. So they—they they are, they are. I mean, as we very well know, we got what six inches of snow here in the last oh, couple yes, days. Oh yes, yes. So yes. they are even shaggier right about this time of year, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. So you hope in in Colorado, anyway.
2: You want a colder winter because then they get a fuller coat.
1: And then you they know? look gorgeous when they come
2: yeah. here. So not in Colorado off. years past. We don't always get this cold. Have cold winters. We heat back up, and so we're hot, cold, hot, cold. And I, I don't, you can kind of see on her where she's rubbed, you know, up against the post. And so she's like, that's not shaved, that's rubbed off. She says, <laughs> I want this baby out, I'm done.
1: <laughs> well, she's still beautiful, absolutely. She's, she's letting him know, isn't she? <laughs> All right. So now, one of the things that we talked about is the interesting, as as many people that that um, we speak with in all areas of animal husbandry. You know, the show has changed things quite a bit. The goat world is like that. The you know sheep and uh, any you know, and cattle, horses. You name it. The show has changed kind of the direction of breeding and of what animals' genetics are going to move forward.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and I was telling you before that. We get into it more to promote the breed, especially here in Colorado. We live in Colorado, we come down. This is where we found out about Highlands, was actually at the stock show 20 years ago. Yes. Walking through the barn and we're like, what is that? Because I was raised around Hereford's, he was raised on near dairy cattle and stuff like that. We never even knew what a Highland was. They're striking, aren't they? Yes, you're attracted to the beauty. But to be honest, when I tried to meet, that's what sold me on the breed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I've tried the meat at, at, at Laetara, Laetara? Laetara. Out in- um, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yeah. yes. They did an Angus uh, Highland Cross. Oh, and John cooked me a steak that I still have dreams over at night. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most beautiful thing. So these animals also are used in crossbreeding. As long as you keep them separate, yeah. you can crossbreed these nicely. And that resistance to cold, and that that the way that the animal structures is my understanding that they have a different kind of fat cap on them. Right. They don't marvel differently. Yeah. Well, they don't need the, the back as much back fat
2: because they have the hair to keep them warm. Yeah. So that lends themselves to be lower in cholesterol because they don't have as much fat as a commercial breed needs to yeah. stay warm. See,
1: everybody thinks beef is beef is beef. And it's all, you know, oh, I you this or that? But but there are nutritional components that can be quite different.
2: Yeah. And I can tell you that when we sell meat, I can, because the Highland breed is so pure, I can guarantee the quality of my meat every single time. A lot of times with the commercial breeds, they have crossed with this and and genetically changed to get a bigger carcass faster to market, whatever. And by doing that, um, they sacrifice the quality of the meat and they don't necessarily know what they're gonna get at any time.
1: Okay. Now, one of the things that that started this whole conversation—it was interesting—I'm over here taking photos, and I have my press pass, obviously. <laughs> but you asked me what what the use, what I was going to use the pictures for. Now, tell me what has kind of happened sometimes in breeding and with people taking pictures of the animals. Well, with social
2: media, and um, there has been an explosion of interest in the highlands, and so with that, the price of highlands have gone up significantly. And people are stealing, you know, crooks are stealing pictures of Highlands, presenting them as their own and selling actually to unaware buyers who think that they're actually getting this animal because they're selling them online. And it turns out it was fraudulent. It was completely, they just stole someone else's picture.
1: And then they sold something that sort of looked like something, right? Well,
2: Maybe? they just took the money, said, okay, you need to give me a 50% deposit. Said they sold it for six grand. Give me a 50%
1: deposit down to hold the animal yeah. and then that three yeah. grand is gone. Yeah. So it's either that they are not even selling an animal at all or I'm right. assuming it's also possible that it would be possible to sell something that kind of looks like a highland but it's sort of one of those that people don't want to go I, on. I no? haven't
2: necessarily seen that. Okay. What's happening now is because you're so much of an online presence People are like, oh, I have to have one. I have to have have one. And then people are going on to Facebook or wherever saying, I have this animal available for sale. And it's someone else's picture. And people are like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in that. We'll even go as far as uh, fake uh, registration papers saying, yeah, these are registered and then.
1: No, will know that makes perfect sense. Okay, so obviously they can either go to this. Uh, I'm gonna just post your website here: www.cshnaturalbeef.com. Cshnaturalbeef.com. If they want to find yours, one of these gorgeous things. But if if they wanted to 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 say, I want to really want to make sure I have a registered animal and it's a reputable uh, person that is selling it. What is the organization that they would go to, in your opinion, that might help them out? Is there one?
2: Well, if for a registered animal, you want to go to the American Highland Cattle Association. Yeah. They call that ACA? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they would be able to tell you if the animal's registered, but that's still not going to protect them if they have a picture and they
1: send a deposit. Yes. So, so both I, uh, of those things are very necessary to make sure it's reputable. And in the industry, you really—it it is such a small world that I, I think that if you can ask around about the parties... It's mu- it's a really yes it's much better thing ask because everybody, loves everybody Yeah. Yes, that's a great point. So references. Yeah. So yeah. go to the the registry, ask around, ask for references, and maybe I I would assume that if I wanted to buy something this large, you almost want to see the place where they. Yeah. You,
2: where I it would. Comes. I if I was you, I would want to, and I always ask for a video. Send me a a, a video of that animal walking yeah. because you want to see that it's structurally correct. If you're going to put down a deposit. You know, you want to make sure that that animal is what you are really looking at. So you that's know, what been, I asked for.
1: With the phone usage that we have now, you could say, Mr. Smith, have your farmer go out there in the field and do a video yeah. in front of the animal yep. saying, Mr. Smith, this is this animal. Walk yep. it back and forth. That's, that's much more than a video call. Yeah. Yep. That's that, a fantastic idea. Yeah. And then that way, yeah. at
2: least you kind of know that they have it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And and then you also, to protect you, there's several auctions a year all across the United States within our, so that's our main uh, American Highland Cattle Association is our main national association. And we have, of course, an auction here, but we all, then there's divisional organizations that actually have their own auctions a lot of times, several times a year. So you can usually find some sort of auction and that way you know that that is an animal that's truly for sale.
1: This, this is just a beautiful animal, it's absolutely gorgeous. So I, I got to ask. I'm seeing the red hair on you. <laughs> do you. Do are you? Do you have Scottish lineage at all? In, in you? Uh, yeah, Scottish it... and
2: Irish, way back. Okay, yeah. so did that have anything to do with why you? Not, to not a, for, actually. The hair did attract me to it, and I actually came to the stock show. I felt it, and I said, "Oh, I can take care of that. It's kind of like mine."
1: <laughs> yeah, mine. Once, once upon a time, mine was like that too, but not now. But yeah, they're they're beautiful, and you see them on the on the high the, just the shots of them in the highlands, and just think I want to go there. That's just beautiful. Yeah. That majestic animal. It's been around for how many hundred years? Well, know? actually, they're the first recorded breed in America. Really? Yes. Really?
2: Yeah. We're gonna have to talk to the Longhorn people about that. Well, the first recorded breed, so when they registered it in the United States of bringing it over from Scotland. Oh, the registry. Okay, now that, yes. Recorded in America, though, the first, like, before Angus,
1: before any of the other breeds. Wow. Wow. Well, this is just a a gorgeous, gorgeous beast. So this gal is going to be in the show in, what, a half an hour or an hour from
2: now or so? Um, She'll be in the senior heifer class, so just how fast they're going. Okay, so you're She's in a really big class.
1: So, so they have the show and the sale. Tell me the difference between those two things, because the show is today and the sale is tomorrow, right? So not everyone
2: that participates in the show is in the sale. So people can show their animals
1: and then um,
2: opt to sell them. So there's only a fraction that are sold.
1: OK, so you might say, I want the ribbon but I don't want to sell my animal because that ribbon's going to help me get a little more from my breeding. Yeah, you can yep. say, yeah, she does, you know. Or you say, I don't care about the show, but I this this one needs to go, and this is the best place to sell it. Well, I would hope that people wouldn't bring
2: their junk to sell down here, to be honest. True. You want to be able to, as a breeder, you want to sell your, you want to sell a quality product because yes, then the person's going to get the reputation yes. and come back, yes. right? Yes,
1: but I will say, that I have talked to people that raise animals that say, you know what, I've decided, I just like the reds. I only want reds, right. and so I gotta get everything non-red out of my genetic line, or it's gonna keep coming back. And so, it's not necessarily a junk animal, it's just not what I want at the moment. Right. Yeah, as breeders, you want, and, and when I
2: sell something, I want to be, I want the person I sell it to to be successful. Yes. So I, I, I do take, I was given a mentor when I first bought my cows, Um, Frank Silva, which is right down here, he sold us our first cows and he was always there for us with any question that we had. So we thought it was important to do the same thing so whenever we sell an animal, we make sure that they are getting a quality animal as well as getting that mentorship to be successful cattle breeders.
1: That is one of the finest things that I think that breed organizations do is they shepherd along the next generation or the next group of people that want to go. It's just the most fantastic resource pool ever because it's you know just because you know beef you might not know highlands or you might not know angus or right. whatever animal you might want you know it's not always exactly the same and there are differences in in reactions temperaments you know nutritional requirements so i think that's a wonderful thing fantastic okay so i'm gonna i've pestered you long enough today i i so appreciate you letting us speak with you and i wish you luck all right, in your show because she is absolutely beautiful. Yep, she's she's you know, and she's
2: we don't feed up our animals. We feed everyone gets the same feed. We do. We're kind of all natural, you yeah, know. You, you know, we're here to, <laughs> more, to promote the breed more so than to win the ribbon. I think that's you a know. fantastic thing. Yeah,
1: thank you so much. You're welcome. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening.
0: like to thank audra for joining us today if you'd like to find out more information about her highland cattle and her ranch please visit cshnaturalbeef.com cshnaturalbeef.com or to learn more about the highland breed visit highlandcattleusa.org we'll see you next time with another adventure You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions. All rights reserved. Copyright 2023.